0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Kids Matter Podcast, the place where you and your church take the next steps in your kids' ministry journey. We know you love kidmen and we want to give you the tools to succeed. Now here's your hosts, Ryan Frank and Corey Jones. Welcome to the Kids Matter Podcast, episode 136, and I am here with Andrea to talk about play in the classroom. Welcome.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: So before we kick off, will you just give us a little, a little bit about you and why play is just such a, such a big thing on your heart.
1: Right. So I had been a preschool teacher for about 15 years, um, before being in uh, children's ministry, I was at a play-based preschool. And, um, and so then I was there for 10 years and then I've been in children's ministry for five So it was a big transition, though, because like from play-based where the children are the curriculum to coming into children's ministry where you have a set curriculum, it was tricky. I'm like, well, how can I add play because it's so important for their development? And um, so it took me probably a good year or so just to kind of find like the magic in it. Um, But play is so important and there's so much research and information out there. like just play gets their hands ready. Like Doh, it's just not Plato. It gets their hands strong enough to write and um, playing and like climbing and skipping and running gets their bodies like strong enough, even just to sit to write and to regulate themselves. And when we are learning about Jesus, I think it is so important to keep that in mind of how they learn. And um, I think it'd be a lot more effective.
0: Yeah. So what age group are we going to mainly talk about today? Are we mainly like preschool, or are we talking about everybody needs to play?
1: I mean, everybody needs to play, but um, <laughs> today I probably mostly talk about preschool.
0: Yeah, so I'll I'll share a quick. Um, this Sunday I had the grownups. Uh, I did the full like post VBS and I think play it's crucial for littles, like you have to teach through play, but I love doing it for bigs too. And I did a game to kick off our service. And I had like the 80 year olds at my church having a lightsaber battle and they absolutely did it. Play is, it makes it fun. And I would say that learning about Jesus should be fun. So let's be, let's dive in and let's talk about specifically focusing on our preschoolers this year or this today, this podcast, um, what are some ways that we can do play? So maybe kick off with the classroom. How can we use our classroom to our okay. advantage? Cause they walk in, they got the classroom. Now what?
1: Right. So I set up our classroom. I always keep the kids in mind, like what are their interests? And so I kind of develop our curriculum around what their interests are because if they're interested in it, then they're going to want to learn about it. Um, so I try to minimize our transition times because I feel like that kind of causes some frustrations and some behaviors. Um, so when they come into our classroom, we do meet and go do some worship together. And then we come back and might just have like a short little five minute, like little lesson of kind of going along, like what's set up in the classroom. But I set up the classroom with the lesson in mind. So wherever the children are in the classroom they're learning the lesson. So we have like sensory tables out. We have light tables. We always have like a hands-on activity. Um, but we really don't have any transition. Even our snack time is built into our class time. So if they're hungry, they, we have like a little snack area over here <laughs> and um, they just grab it when they're hungry and they will sit. And our teachers are so great about meeting the children where they are even in their walk with Jesus. Like, Um, they'll have a conversation with a group of them at the sensory table about the lesson, like read the Bible verses or a book. And um, so really our classroom is just set up with the lesson everywhere. And we have like books everywhere and puzzles that go along with the lessons. Um, So, and they kind of move at their their own pace. It's not timed. Um, I think just trusting them, like what they want to learn about that day and giving them the space and time to do it is important.
0: So do you have like a leader at each station? Like this is the, your job volunteer today is to be at the sensory bin station.
1: No, we have two teachers per classroom. So they just kind of work the room. Like if they see, I don't know, five kids at the sensory table, they'll go over there and talk about the lesson or what's in the sensory bin and just create conversation get that connection going and connection equals cooperation. So, um, or if someone's like eating by themselves at the snack table, they'll go over there and like talk to them. And, but I mean, they're really great about um, knowing what to say and even going off curriculum. Like I tell them, I'm like, it's just a tool. It's a guideline. So if the kids want to talk about something else, you can go rogue. Like it's fine. Um, so, cause like, I don't know, a couple, of, can't talk. a couple Sundays ago and um, a little girl went to talk about prayer like she had a heavy heart and so our teacher was so amazing she sat with her and prayed and they like talked about prayer in the Bible and they made praying hands and just like wrote who they wanted to pray about, you know, for that week. And it's just so sweet. And just knowing your students is so important.
0: Yes. So what does what does training these volunteers or like, prepping them for the lesson? Um, like what, what all goes into there? Because I'm going to guess, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that it's not the exact same stuff in the classroom every week because different lessons, you would need different stuff. So like, what does that just practically look like prepping teachers and stuff for each week?
1: So we have a written
0: lesson plan
1: and I just kind of go through it and mark out what I'm going to set up for. And I mean, everyone has a different teaching style, but it's the same kind of, um, routine around the classroom. Um, so I just have my lesson plan and I mark what I'm going to, um, set up for, and then I give it to them. I'm like, you can take out whatever I set up or, um, you can add stuff. And, um, like I said, like, sometimes we just kind of go rogue and that's okay. And I mean, if I set up like for 10 minutes, (laughs) you know, on a Sunday, it's fine. If, if they don't use anything i do because they know the kids and they know what direction to take them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what made you start doing your room this way and and doing moving to this like play-based model?
1: Right. So when i was a preschool teacher for 10 years it was all play-based so we just followed the children's lead. So we didn't have a written curriculum and every day was something different. Um so i wanted to bring that kind of style into the children's ministry. So, um, yeah, so I just kind of think, I just thought about like, what transitions do we have? So we had like, when I took this position, we had music, we had a coloring time, we had um, a circle time, um, we had snack time. And so I'm just thinking about my my previous classroom, like how we we did all of that and we just added it into the classroom. Um, So, we don't really have a circle time. We have a, like a five minute lesson time. And then, um, they just kind of break off into their stations.
0: What have been like the benefits that, that you've me? seen? Yeah. Yeah. But like what, what are some of the benefits that you've seen in the child by making this switch?
1: Um, I, I mean, they were happy to come through the door. They come in, they're like, yay, it's church time. And what do you have set up for us today? And just the connections that they have with the teachers and their um, peers in their classroom. Like it is the sweetest and they, they look forward to their teachers every week and they look forward to seeing their friends. And um, it's just real sweet. <laughs> so loving.
0: Yeah. Have you seen that this is helping them grow in their faith understanding and, and like, it's just, I don't know, helping the learning, maybe stick with them more.
1: I think so. Because I mean, we always have like open ended materials in the classroom and they will come and just like do lessons from three weeks ago. And like I had a pack of band-aids out from a lesson of Jesus heals. And this little girl, I just saw her like working over in the corner. And she was like, Oh, what are you making? And she's like, just wait. And then she like, brought it over to me. And she's like, look, it's our church because Jesus heals. And you know, it was just so, and it was like, a lesson from a while ago, but she remembered it and she wanted to play it out. And she was like telling everybody else about her church and like what we do at church. And, um, it just creates great conversations.
0: That's sweet. And it makes them excited yeah. and excited about learning. So do they, during like the lesson time, are they like, all right, let's get this along so I can go play or do they, do they crave the lesson time? Cause then they are going to make those connections with all the fun.
1: Right. So they usually sit and they'll listen and I make it fun. Like usually do like some kind of a um, activity or, you know, um, something that'll get their attention. But usually they sit and listen. I mean, their preschoolers are going to be like wiggly and stuff, which is fine. Like, um, and I don't mind if they bring a toy over and, you know, they just sit and they'll listen. And, and then they are excited to know like, Oh, what are we doing today? And, um, and it's pretty sweet especially like when I come in like, Oh, and they see something new in the sensory table or a new activity out. Cause usually whatever activity we do at the circle time, circle time. um, I just have it out as a tabletop activity and they can explore it and reenact it and do whatever they wish to do with it.
0: That's fine. So is this a specific curriculum that either you found or maybe you've developed that goes to the play?
1: So when I first started, I wrote my own like for the first year and then I kind of got getting some more like, um, stuff going along with my work. So I couldn't keep writing it. Um, so I usually buy a curriculum, but I do mark it up quite a bit and like change it a lot. Um, but I love it. Like I love, I love creating it. I'm like, Oh, what can I change or what would the kids like to do? And, um, though. So yeah that's so, what I've
0: been the last few years regardless of what we're using that it could be we could add some play into it so could uh-huh. you give us some ideas um, play is important I think if you' if you're if you're watching listening to this uh, you guys know you get it because they're kids and kids like to learn through fun because if it's boring they don't want to come so uh-huh. how could whatever whatever we're using how could we start adding some more play into the classroom right um
1: I would say um like for instance we did armor of god um two summers ago and every week was something different so we like read the scripture and then we the first week we did body joins so everyone laid on the ground we traced their bodies and we hung them on the wall and let me tell you like coming in here like in the evening and like seeing all these bodies on the wall like it scared me every time like i'm like i even know that they're there anyway <laughs> i'm a little jumpy But, um, so by each week we added a, a different piece, like the shield. And so we did an activity with the shield and, um, the sword, I got, um, swords from Dollar Tree and put a paintbrush at the end and we made, we got big paper and they just painted with their swords, um, on the wall. Um, so I think everything could be added. And, um, like you could just like add sand, like act out the story in sand or, um, colored rice, like, I don't know if you can see, but I like colored rice, all on my floor from Sunday. Still,
0: it never but, um, comes up. You're gonna find it until you die.
1: Yeah, I know it's like litter, but um, <laughs> but not as bad. Yeah. So, so always, a, a, I would always love to help. Like I love like just looking at lesson plans and seeing where I can add the play. Like I love doing that, so I wouldn't mind offering that service too if anybody would be interested to.
0: Um, some people might not know what sensory bins are when you're talking about sensory bin, maybe if they're not as familiar with like preschool. So could you just kind of give us some of the sensory bins, how to make them work? Um, maybe what things you avoid in sensory bins. Cause I guess I'm betting you have at least one that you avoid now.
1: (laughs) The only thing I avoid, I don't do glitter at all, (laughs) but, um, I think if it's in their space, it's it's for them to move, to touch, to do whatever they want with it. So I don't mind. It took me a long time to get to the place where I don't mind if it's on the floor, if it travels to the kitchen or whatever. But um, I, mean, we use, I mean, we use like lots of stuff. We um, we have a little table and right now we have rice in it, but we've done like pasta, um, beans. Um, what else do we do? Um, like flowers, like dried flowers. And uh, um, fall time we collect, um leaves off of the ground, and um, with the little paper punches. but um somehow we like tie it into the lesson. So when the kids are over there playing and like they're engaged in whatever's in the sensory table, um that's when we talk about the lesson, read a story about it. Um, but I think the sensory area is like the kids, like their favorite spot.
0: Why do you think they love that one the most? Just because it's messy. <laughs>
1: I think it's messy and they can just do whatever like, Oh, this looks like something we could take to the kitchen. Or, um, I just started a play school in January and this little boy every day would come and get whatever's in the sensory table, put it on the floor and get his monster truck and just like drive through it. Like, I just think this has different, um, elements that you could work with it. And I just think that they love exploring all of that.
0: Love it. So, People get your, I'm going to, I'm going to put you on the spot, Andrea, get your pens and paper or the note app on your phone. Um, Could you just kind of like brain dump some of the best things like the must haves um, for, for preschool play that are going to work kind of like those evergreen things that are going to work in like several different Bible applications, like blocks, you know, we know we can build so many things with blocks, but maybe like creative things, maybe that, you've not thought of before so what are top picks must-haves for preschool play
1: my top picks boxes all different sides of boxes because we built an arc with our box we've built nativity with our boxes um recycled stuff like even um um uh, sewing schools and um one of our church members, she worked in a factory, so she bought all these like big plastic things, like from their tubes of paper, and those like anything um, recyclable, paper towel rolls, we use a lot of, um, and blocks and um, kinetic sand, shaving cream, <laughs> we use a lot of, and we do have a dress and mess policy at our church now, so, um, but I can definitely say we use boxes a lot is
0: our big thing. I was looking at the, the PDF that you sent and, um, like the colored magnet tiles. My big kids love those. Oh. They're just these like bright colors yes. and different shapes. Like my big kids love those. Um, my daughter loves colored rice. Um, so how do you, how do, cause you know, let's face it. If it's, if it's colored, it's fun. How do you make your like colored rice or colored beans or pasta in case our friends aren't Pinterest savvy? What do you do on yours?
1: I just put, um, I think it's, I just get a gallon size bag and I just put rice in it. And then I do, um, I think it's like two tablespoons of vinegar, mm-hmm. which I don't like the smell of vinegar, but <laughs> anyway, uh, so I do do that. And then I just take um, liquid watercolor or you could use coloring or um, food coloring, mm-hmm. and you can just just squirt it right in the bag. You seal it and you shake it and then you just lay it out to dry.
0: And, and I, I've not used the vinegar. I do the rubbing alcohol.
1: Oh, see, I d- used to do that. And then I just couldn't stand the smell, even though I don't like vinegar. smell, so, but uh, <laughs> we gotta do what we gotta do. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. I uh, just use that. And I like laid out on my kitchen table and I have like the rainbow of colors. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I make it with the kids, like to get them involved and, the more that you get them involved in preparing and making things, the more ownership they're going to have of it and more that they want to learn about it
0: too. Mm -hmm. I love that. So have there been any, as you, you've moved to this, you know, this play model, like what are the, I guess the, the things that you've learned from of what didn't work or the, what not to do's.
1: I honestly, it's been a smooth transition really. Um, Cause the director before me, she did a great job of, um, being, um, age appropriate and stuff. So I think it just kind of was a natural move. Um, and I, have like I said, like I worked in a play-based preschool, so I was kind of like used to it. I think the only drawback is that some people don't understand it, that it's not like, um, enough scripture or we do the scripture and we do worship and we do everything but it's just not broken up how it used to be done.
0: So how do you, cause I'm going to guess that it's probably parents that are like, well, this isn't enough or parents who haven't really been in it yet. You know, maybe like new ones. how do you cast this vision to church leadership or congregation or parents that it is all play for a purpose?
1: Well, I got lucky. So this is my home church. So I know everybody and, and, um, for the most part, they, they just trusted me. (laughs) Um, so when I took it to them, I, I mean, it's been five years ago and sometimes I can't remember what I did last week, but like five years ago, um, I just think they might've been a little skeptical just because it was more play than, um, before, but again, they trusted me and I'm thankful for that.
0: So let's say that you were not at your home church. How would you, how would you, um, how would you cast this vision to parents who aren't in there the full time? Cause I'm going to guess, you know, probably we're looking at a traditional like hour two hour class service and, you know, they come in and they see, well, little Billy had fun. How are you casting the vision or the kids? They've just picked up so much of it. They're going and saying like, mom, Noah did. Da, 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 da.
1: I would just keep educating them on the power of play and just get research articles. And like I said, like I started a play school and, um, just educating, because there's a lot of people in our community that aren't mm-hmm. familiar with playbase. Um, so I just keep educating and so far everybody is kind of on board. And um, but I think education is like number
0: one. Yeah. Do you have any top resource picks that you remember off the top of your head, like where to go for some some research on why play-based learning is so important?
1: Um, I don't have any off the top of my head. Um but, but it's pretty I easy do,
0: to find them because it's
1: okay. I have like a huge binder. I, I should have been more prepared on that, but I do have a huge binder of all like play based research and like processor art versus like craft art and um
0: all of that stuff. Like it's pretty easy to find. What is process art? I don't think I know that one.
1: It's um so product art, you know, is like the craft where they mm. all look the same process art is you just have materials laid out like oh how would you make a boat or so you'd have like different um like cardboard boxes or aluminum foil um all of that stuff and um it really gets them the ownership of their thing Mm -hmm. instead of having the same like product craft art that Mm -hmm. looks like everybody else's like and it's like the process where they think about it they create it and then you
0: know and
1: it's theirs and it's their idea.
0: That's fun. All right. So let's say the kidman leader that does not have a play-based preschool, what would be what would be the small like first step that you would recommend for them to get this started? Like next first steps.
1: Yeah. I would say start small, like add in kinetic sand. See so where your lesson plan, you could add a, a kinetic sand or some kind of a sensory. Thing or instead of like having the product or the yeah product or like the craft, think of other ways you can be like okay how can we make a sheep today you know instead of having the cutouts and mm-hmm. where it's more teacher intensive to get everything cut out so the kids can glue them in the same spot as everybody else instead of have like um, um, coffee filters and cotton balls or like white circles or just white paper and scissors and um, just be like how would you make a sheep.
0: I love that. So So it's really, it's, you're letting kids explore and, and play, but you're tying it all back to Jesus, just in a fun and and memorable way. Cause like, I kind of want to go play with some colored sand and some, you know, get some beans going on. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to guess that that your, your leaders, they're not just sitting there, they're, they're engaging too. Right. So they're, they're playing alongside of. And that's
1: where the connection, like, Connection is a huge piece in this. Like that's where you connect with your kids is when they're playing and having a great conversation and learning about their day and who that they could be praying for. And um, it, it really is such a
0: sweet, sweet class. I love it. So Kidman friends, this is your challenge. I want you to evaluate your current preschool model is there play? Is there enough play? Are they learning through the play or are you maybe doing it in the flip way where your play is not purposeful and you're just having them, you know, do stuff because they're children. Um, So what switches do you need to make? How can you adapt? How can you move towards a purposeful play-based model? Um, Maybe take a look at your room. Is it kid-friendly? Is it um, needing some new stuff or, um, enough that children, some new ideas that they can play. I love sensory boxes. I I think I actually have a Pinterest page of just sensory bins and sensory boxes. They're really fun to make like the stuff that you wouldn't imagine. My son is 12 and um, we homeschool. So every year for Dr. Seuss week at our house, um, we make oobleck. It is so much fun. Cornstarch, water, and food coloring. And you just, you sit and you play and they take all their toys and they have this epic battle. Let them get messy and let them have fun wash kids will wash (laughs) the floor will wash everything most stuff comes out of the carpet if not just stick a rug on it it. (laughs) awesome well andrea any last must-dos ideas for our friends who need to put more play in their preschool worship
1: i would just say let them play like really um go over your curriculum and see like where you can add in your play. Um, And it's okay to get messy. Like, like we said, like it washes. And um, like I said, again, we have a dress to mess policy at our church. So I'm thankful for that. Um,
0: Yeah. Yep. I I was that kid. I ruined a couple dresses in Sunday school (laughs) and I got my finger paints taken away from me. (laughs)
1: Yeah, well, I real quick story. I felt kind of bad. This little girl came in this the prettiest pink dress, and we were painting that day, and she was like covered in like paint. And her mom came, like, "Oh my goodness, I am so sorry." She's like, "It's okay." She's like, "We got at Goodwill, and she won't take the thing off." <laughs> she's like, "She's like, it's fine." <laughs> so,
0: so get you a dress to mess policy. Get some uh, spare shirts just in case but so
1: I'm thankful for parents, definitely yeah
0: like you said let them play so that's your challenge kidman friends how can you involve some more play in your preschool and then once you got that down pat move on up to elementary then go to teens then go to grown-ups because we all need a little more play it's just fun awesome andrea thank you so much for joining us um podcast listeners thank you guys for tuning into this week's podcast we are getting closer to the kids matter conference if you do not have your tickets make sure that you have because it is it's like playing for for kid leaders so see we're gonna have toys there and everything (laughs) all right thank you all for listening andrea thank you for being here and we will talk to you soon this episode might be over, but the conversation is just getting started. Head over to the I Love Kidmin Facebook group and let's talk about your next steps in your kids ministry journey.